Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Besides my old horse, Bessie, I'm the only one out on the range. I guess that makes me king. It's high noon for Tuesday, October 13th, 2020. Guys, if this is your first high noon, go listen to the trailer, Get Rooted, so you kind of know how the podcast works. If you want to follow me, it's at I'm Your Moderator on Instagram and Twitter. I'm also on Parlor and Rumble and Clout Hub for when my Instagram or Twitter gets taken away. What else? If you want to support this show, go to I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. And that's it. So, yesterday, I'm looking around on the old Instagram. Somebody tagged me in a post. And the post was from the New Yorker, that old magazine that used to be so highly revered and is now just another outlet for liberal slop. They have an article called Andrew Cuomo, King of New York, by a guy named Nick Palmgarten. And here's the caption. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has been widely praised for his response to COVID-19, including his daily common sense briefings that calmed New Yorkers in a desperate time. But even in his own party, Cuomo's detractors often speak of him almost always without attribution because they're afraid of him as a brutal boss, a friendless bully, and a paranoid control freak. Still, there are caveats. He may go down as, if not the greatest, then the most accomplished governor New York has ever had, one opponent said. What? So he's an opponent, but he believes that. If we should take him at his word, or her, what that would mean is that while knowing that Andrew Cuomo is a sociopathic madman who did a terrible job 
handling the coronavirus in New York, they're also quite clear that the media will not and is not painting it that way. So you got to wonder why they printed that quote. Doesn't quite work for them the way they thought it would. I think they thought that sounds like good backup. That does not sound like good backup to me. Like what world are we in where they reimagine that phrase to mean that he actually is the best governor in New York's history? They can't possibly believe that. Andrew Cuomo right now is making it impossible for the investigation into his decision to put sick people into nursing homes. He's making it impossible for that investigation to come to a conclusion and for the report to be released before the election. There should be no one on the planet who doesn't realize what Andrew Cuomo has done in New York. So let's review briefly, because if you want the full review, go listen to Revisionist History or Controlled Demolition. But in short, while Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio and people in that party, including our Lord and Savior, Anthony Fauci, while they were all saying that nothing needed to be done, we didn't need to make any changes or adjustments It would be silly to wear masks. And Fauci saying that is currently on video on my Instagram. If you would like to see it, it is amazing. He even mocks the idea of wearing masks and says that they will be mostly for signaling to other people. Might make them feel better is what he said. But while they were still taking that approach, telling people to go out and party in Chinatown, as de Blasio did, as Pelosi did, because otherwise it would be racist. They called the travel ban xenophobic. Trump had already formed the coronavirus task force and banned travel to non-American citizens from China. So how did he handle it better? He took it seriously first? No. He took action first? Also no. Donald Trump delivered a medical ship, a giant boat that was not used. They built a field hospital in the Javits Center with 2,000 beds. That was not used. And they also built another field hospital, and this was privately done, but not uh, coordinated with the federal government, I don't believe. So I'm not giving credit to Trump on this. I'm just saying that there was one in Central Park as well. And that went largely unused. But Cuomo sent sick people to nursing homes so that they could be cared for. He declined to use the infrastructure that was set up for him to use specifically for that purpose. He declined to use it and instead put sick people into nursing homes. If you need to know more, I don't know why. 
But by all means, look it up. But there is more. Cuomo said that they would need 35 to 40,000 ventilators. They used 4,000. That is an overstatement of 10 times. And I don't know if you recall this from March, but or maybe it was early April when he was still doing this. But the entire New York petty blogosphere, like the Daily Beast and the New York Times editorial pages and Vox, all these lonely millennial hipsters with nothing to do but complain about things they don't know anything about, They were writing about how it was an absolute failure of the Trump administration to not have those ventilators at the ready. Turns out they didn't need that many ventilators, but Trump nonetheless began a national operation to build ventilators so that our stockpile of ventilators was so far beyond what we could ever use that we happily sent them and sold them to other countries. So maybe Cuomo was just prescient about that. He was just trying to light a fire under Donald Trump to save the rest of the world with American ventilators. That could have been it. Here's more. The viral spread in New York had already peaked And begun to decline by the time they instituted lockdowns and restrictions. Some of those restrictions are still active today, seven months later. So not only were they not needed at the beginning, they are certainly not needed now. This is crazy. It's crazy. And people think that it's amazing that that Andrew Cuomo got their their deaths down to zero the fastest. Well, it's not the fastest. They got hit first. That would be like getting that would be like a running back gaining 10 yards in the first quarter. And then getting subbed out and his replacement running for 150 yards and two touchdowns in the other three quarters. And you started bragging about how the first running back got 10 yards first. Well, that ain't the game. Judging Andrew Cuomo based on when coronavirus stopped in his state is insane. The disease stopped itself. Cuomo didn't stop shit. And in the meantime, he allowed New York to become a battlefield and a wasteland to the point where high-earning citizens of the city and of the state have left permanently and he's been begging them to come back which if they were smart they will not do 
And in addition to that, he has, like Gavin Newsom, overseen the buildup of unimaginable debt, the kind of debt that they simply cannot recover from. That is why they are continuing to push for federal funds in a stimulus package. That is why the Democrats want $1 trillion to bail out these states. And they're saying that the, that this money is to help them with coronavirus, but it isn't because there's no way that they could possibly need that much money to manage a virus that isn't there anymore and that isn't killing people anymore. And we don't have to go into his special arrangements with nursing homes, which do in fact exist. Or his complete incompetence, his unimaginable dishonesty about what's happening the entire time. The fact that he had like an eighth grade science class build him like a fucking paper mache volcano so that he could show New Yorkers like riding down it on their city bikes. Or that he made a little poster about the mountain and then sold it with all the wokest little symbols of New York coming together, which is really just whatever Molly Jong fast masturbates to. And then the guy wrote a goddamn book. And when did his book come out? Oh, today? It's crazy. The New Yorker just gave him that write up, calling him the king of New York. And he has a book coming out. Huh? (laughs) That's just magical timing. It's so crazy. And that's so awesome. Like, usually you would have to pay a PR person for that. But instead, the New Yorker is just probably doing it, even though it wasn't PR. It was probably just a well researched piece where they tried to seem even-handed by listing unnamed opponents because those opponents are scared of him. That's interesting, and they think that that looks powerful. They must be scared of him because they know their lies won't be believed. That's always why people are scared. It can't be because they're actually doing what woke celebrities pretend that they're doing, which is speaking truth to power, can't be that. It can't be that dissenting voices in New York have been completely silenced by a New York governor whose dad was a New York governor and who has had access to the levers of power for his entire life. Oh, And his brother is an anchor on the go-to media source for morons. And they would appear together palling around and being buddy-buddy and making little jokes about each other every night. How heroic. Using the levers of power and a totally co-opted state media to 
squelched dissent from people who are actually right about what they're saying. Yeah, what a hero. King may be the proper word, except he's like King Joffrey. Gonna fucking shoot grandma with a crossbow. Which is essentially what he did. I love how I was accused of being a grandma killer for saying that lockdowns don't work and can't work and would be a thousand times more destructive than the coronavirus ever could be. I killed grandma by doing that. I kill grandma every time I make fun of the maskies. But Andrew Cuomo puts patients sick with coronavirus right next to your grandma. And I'm the bad guy. And this is another one of those times where brain-dead sociopaths, maskies, they say, well, he just didn't know. Or he couldn't have done that on purpose, otherwise he'd be in jail. Or there has to be more to it than that. Really? What more to it could there be Then Andrew Cuomo sending sick people to nursing homes while leaving the Javits Center and a medical ship and another field hospital almost entirely unused. What else did he need to know? And you see, the only thing that you could answer at that point is, well, he was just listening to the science communicated to us by the epidemiologists. Are epidemiologists scientists? No, they're not. Epidemiologists need two essential skills for their job. The first is high-level applied mathematics. The second is knowing great things about human nature. Now, how many people do you know who excel at high-level applied mathematics and are also very astute observers of human nature and behavior? I wonder how many of these people exist. And by the way, I'm not trying to make fun of nerds. Like, I think that nerds are excellent for the subjects that they're nerdy about. If you want to know something, go find a a nerd who is good at communicating and you'll be smarter after. That's fantastic. But nerds might not be the best people to consult on how humans act. Why? Because they're nerds. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just maybe not 
the sorts of people who are exposed to a wide variety of people with a wide variety of interests, including different tolerance for risk and different means of risk assessment. If you tell me that the roads are icy and that I need to be careful driving because it's really dangerous out there, but I also have a job to get to or I won't get paid and my kids won't get fed, then I might calculate risk a little bit differently than Thad and Trevor and Tinsley in their Williamsburg apartments who are content to rage tweet while binge-watching Tiger King and bullying people about the science. So while these whiny little bloggers get to stay home and get paid and write nonsense and have their entire community reinforce that nonsense with little pats on the back and retweets and yas queens, they will feel like the nonsense they are producing is actually helping the world. And then when all their very dumb, totally denatured and detached friends give them little backpats and tell them what they had from Postmates last night, they will easily believe that anyone disagreeing with them is in fact a conspiracy theorist. Because they are dumb enough to think their dumb friends are actually really smart based on their alma mater, based on their job credentials. And they will only double down on their bad views that they cannot prove and that they will get offended for being asked to to prove. So how is an epidemiologist expected to understand the group of people that has actual earthly needs that must be met when their peers are the whiny bloggers in Brooklyn. And of course they can't. And so Andrew and Gavin and Gretchen Whitmer and these other morons that Democrats have voted into office. When they listen to the science from the epidemiologists and they believe that coronavirus is a hundred times deadlier than it is and they make all their judgments based on that and do not waver in those judgments after they prove wrong because they would have to admit they're wrong and they won't do it, 
we end up with results like the ones achieved by Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom. And those results are very, very, very bad. It is not a discussion. You can compare these places to anywhere. Sweden did nothing and has far better results, even when adjusted for population density and other factors. And what did our media do? What did the whiny bloggers in Brooklyn do? They said that people supporting Sweden's approach were conspiracy theorists and grandma killers and a danger to society. That is what these people did. Do you understand how harmful that is for public health? They decided that science and public health were things passed down to us on high from the Oracle, our Lord and Savior, Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci had access to all of the science and all of the data. And not only that, this career political hack knows exactly what to do. He knows enough about what to do that he can champion lockdowns for an entire nation. Remember how lockdowns were introduced to the public as an idea. They first occurred in Wuhan. Then China locked down Italy. Then CNN and Anthony Fauci locked down America. Donald Trump did not. Donald Trump had made no indication that lockdown was something he wanted to do. And he made every indication that once instituted, lockdowns were something he absolutely wanted to stop as soon as possible. We don't need to parse his statements to know this. If anyone tries to do so, they are trying to execute a semantic trick. And this is what much of the intelligentsia has become now. They try to point out minor hypocrisies rather than disproving the counter narrative that they're faced with. Oh, well, Donald Trump called it a hoax. No, he didn't. He called the media's coverage of it a hoax. Exactly like he did with Russian collusion. And he was right both times. The media coverage of the coronavirus was, in fact, a hoax. They covered it in a way that would help them take down Donald Trump. That is fake news. That is a hoax. And that's what he called a hoax. So when you talk to one of these people and you say to them, well, why was Andrew Cuomo doing X, Y, Z? Even though Donald Trump had already done ABC beforehand and Donald Trump's thing was actually said to have saved countless lives by Anthony Fauci. 
Why don't those actions count for Donald Trump? And why don't Andrew Cuomo's count against him? Well, Donald, Donald Trump said it was a hoax. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, got it. I forgot. I forgot how smart people communicate, how smart people process problems. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Smart people can can go back and then misinterpret statements to create from nothing semantic hypocrisies. That's how it works. Right, 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 right. That's how it works. Now, Donald Trump last night returned to the campaign trail with a massive rally in Sanford, Florida. Florida, one of the way ahead of the curve smart states with a way ahead of the curve smart governor who will be revered by his voters and his citizens in Florida for making sure that while he took as many precautions as he could and probably took more cautions than he had to, he also kept their economy in great shape. That is something that Gavin and Andrew and Gretchen cannot say. Florida's fully open. Bars and restaurants are fully open. He announced that on September 25th. Today is October 13th. It's been 18 days. Where's the spike? Where is it? 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 It's in the same place that the rally spikes were. That the indoor event I attended in Henderson, Nevada with 5,000 other people indoors. I'll say it again. Where's my spike? No spike for me. Where is it? It's been a month. I don't even remember. Maybe it's been more than a month. No spike. No Nevada spike. No personal spike. No spike from people around me. Where's the spike? I'm going to create a whole book of illustrations of Andrew Cuomo's coronavirus scenarios. And then I'm going to hide a little coronavirus somewhere in the picture. And then I'll release the book. And it'll be a huge hit for the kids at Christmas. It'll be called Where's the Spike? And you have to go find it. Fortunately, the coronavirus is already wearing red and white. Just like Waldo. Where is the spike in Florida? So Donald Trump got off his plane, jumped up on the stage like he was fucking David Lee Roth, danced a little jig. Anderson Cooper got mad that he played a village people song. Apparently, the media just realized that's what happens, even though he's been doing it for months and months. He also plays Elton John. Watch out, gays. 
Trump's coming for your vote. Anderson Cooper looked like he was about to set himself on fire. And I'm not even talking just about his reputation. That happened a long time ago. But he looked so, so, so mad. And the funniest thing is that all the responses were like, I can't believe that he's playing that at that homophobic rally. No, dummies, it ain't homophobic. Trump's not homophobic. No one is trying to stop gays from doing anything. You don't get to talk about the transgender military restrictions as being somehow anti-gay. They're not. They're not even anti-trans. They're just necessary. If you don't understand, look it up. Because it turns out there's actually an argument there. I know it's shocking. I know it's shocking. You think everything gets solved by calling it racist or sexist or homophobic or sending out an article or a fact check. That's not how the world works. Imagine making your fucking decisions that way. No one makes decisions that way. Maybe epidemiologists do. But epidemiologists are the worst decision makers in the world. It is proven every fucking time. The only people worse at making decisions are the media who decided to only focus on the high end of what the epidemiologists said. Oh, and then there's Democratic governors. They are actually the worst decision makers in the world. So, yeah, Trump ain't racist. He ain't homophobic and neither is the movement. This ain't even 2016's movement. This is a movement of American patriots who want to see America continue. All are welcome. Everyone, everyone, everyone. It warms my heart. When my gay friends or when my friends who represent ethnic minority communities come to me and tell me they're voting for Trump. That warms my heart. Especially when they're like, thank you for showing me this. You know why that is? Because it's fucking true. And no one likes being lied to and taken advantage of. Especially not decade after decade. While politicians depend on them for power and do nothing to help them. So the truth is, yeah, we love Donald Trump. We don't like Donald Trump. We don't support Donald Trump as the lesser of two evils. No, we love Donald Trump. He is one of the funniest people on the planet. He is funnier than every Netflix special released throughout this entire period. He is funnier than every Whitney Cummings and Amy Schumer and Hannah Gadsby joke combined. He is funnier than Sarah Silverman has been in 10 years. 
That's actually a compliment to Sarah Silverson. Silverman. Silverson, what is that? Somebody else, I guess. But yeah, she used to be funny. She's just not funny anymore. So Trump is way funnier than her now. Because Sarah Silverman, as a woke lunatic, Bernie supporter, is awful. But yes, we love Donald Trump. And it's not a cult. Cults tell you to reject other people. Trump's movement tells you to welcome everyone. Because what we want is for every American's eyes to be opened the way ours have been. We want you to see what the real world is and who these failures that you continue to vote for really are. These frauds, these lunatics, these corrupt grifters taking advantage of the most vulnerable people Stealing their votes for power and then doing nothing for them while they take taxpayer money and waste it on the people they put in office. And the only way this corruption and graft and incompetence and stupidity continues is because our institutions are run with spoiled, privileged, little fucking brats who are so sociopathic and detached from reality that they think that just by calling themselves and people like them morally good, That they are doing a service for the country. Police officers do a service for the country. Firemen do a service for the country. Our military does a service for the country. Politicians who do what's right for the country and say what they truly believe do a service for the country. Woke celebrities do a service for China. LeBron James does a service for China. Our media does a service for China. Our colleges teaching this pernicious bullshit of Marxism and social oppression and critical race theory. They are doing a service for China. The tech companies, every time they make it impossible for us to speak. I'm four days into a Twitter ban. I have three more days remaining. I can't even like posts or retweet posts, but I'm allowed to look at Twitter. They're doing a service for China. Stop supporting these people. The Trump movement is the most diverse intellectually and the most warm and welcoming to any former opponent who wants to become part of what it is. And don't confuse yourself about what movements are. Bernie Sanders' movement was a movement towards socialism. Socialism is by 
definition, a restriction of human freedom and choice. Donald Trump does not and has not restricted freedom or free speech or choice. If you're not following or subscribing, please do at I'm your moderator on all social media platforms. Subscribe on iTunes or elsewhere. If you're on iTunes, please give me a rating. Please give me a review. It helps quite a lot. And if you want to support the show, go to uh, I'm your moderator.substack.com. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to more hopes fall. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at I'mYourModerator.com or use the hashtag HeyModerator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble, and bit shoot. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range.